welcome in to another episode of Party on Fifth Ave. She is Taylor Haas. I am Jenna Harner once again. We wish Jordan could be here. She will be back soon. We promise. We kind of, you know, everybody's got crazy schedules, crazy lives. So um, we miss her. But there's been a whole lot to talk about this week, Taylor. I feel like we kind of say that every week, but this week in particular, um, Evgeny Malkin suspended for a cross check um, that happened over the weekend against Nashville. And uh, there's uh, not the best illness kind of making its way through the uh, through the locker room right now, the dressing room, if we call it. Uh, Taylor, let's start with Malkin's suspension first because. He got four games, um, and I think people reacted very adversely to the number of games that he's missing. Yeah, honestly, I I don't disagree with with him getting four games. What he did to Borviecki, Borvieski, Bor- I, I can't him, pronounce. It. Yeah. They call him Boro. We'll call him Boro. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, there's just no justification for that. You know, you listen to the ruling, um, and. It sounds like Malkin's case in his hearing was that, you know, Boro had him tied up because um, there, there was a little bit of back and forth, but then Malkin just took it too far and hit him. He would have knocked teeth out if he had his front teeth, but um, Drew Blood, he left, you know, he left the game. He didn't come back. So that is a, is a factor to Boro. He played mm-hmm. the next game. Um, so he's not hurt, but <laughs> I guess a minor injury on the play, but. The, the thing people want to compare it to is Matthews cross-checking Darlene, um, yep. which looked a little bit more aggressive. Now, Darlene didn't even leave that game. No. Uh, Matthews got two games for that. Now, I, something that also is a factor here is Matthews has zero, before that, had zero disciplinary history. Yeah. Malkin has a suspension and three prior fines. Now, the NHL is super confusing with what repeat offender means. So it, there's a lot of misconceptions because they use the term repeat offender, you know, casually just to refer to someone who has a history like Malkin. Yeah. But there is also a technical term for repeat offender, which is um, if you have, you know, history within 18 months. Now, that doesn't mean that you get a clean slate every 18 months. They can take into you know, your whole history into account. And they do. Um, the only thing the 18 month window affects is how they calculate the money lost after you're already suspended. So Malkin's last suspension was in 2019, but that doesn't matter for the actual length of the suspension when they're determining it. So, and they did take into you know, account that he has a history. Um, it sounds like, um, I mean, Malkin's near that suspension before it was kind of another retaliatory thing. So I think what the NHL is looking at here is Malkin does kind of have a history of going off the rails and retaliating and taking maybe a step too far. Um, So that played a role in him getting four games here. And of course he can appeal it. I don't see what the point is because I think four games is pretty reasonable. Yeah, no, I definitely do. And you're looking at, you know, the retaliatory nature of it. And that's kind of where the NHL hones in on it. We know that that's consistent across the board. You know, they're they always they're, you know, they kind of let things go a little bit. And then it's, oh, the retaliatory penalty. You know, I remember, what was that? The Carolina game where Latang and Trocek were going at it at the end. And, you know, again, that last little shove, that last 
push, punch, whatever it is, the last person to do it, that's usually who's going to get called. That's just the nature of how this goes, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you look at it. And, you know, of course, he's no... Malkin's no Brad Marchand in terms of the lengthy history, but again, there's the history there where he has been suspended before compared to a guy like Austin Matthews. And again, you know, I mean, is it just a tough situation to see, obviously, for Penguins fans not wanting that, knowing that, you know, there's only a few games left in the season at this point, which is crazy to think. And uh, Evgeny Malkin will be missing, as we're taping this, um, There's he's missed one game so far, so he'll miss the home game against the Islanders and then the series against the Bruins. Um, And it's kind of, Oh, go ahead. I was just saying, yeah, the 23rd in Detroit is when he, when he can come back in is when he can return. And I mean, just from a, a pure team chemistry standpoint too, this has to be a little bit frustrating in the sense that, you know, Jason Zucker's back, but now it's like, all right, that second line has just been, you know, this person, this person, this person's been so interchangeable this whole season. And down the stretch here, you're going to want some consistency among these guys going into the postseason. Yeah, I mean, we talked about that. Was that last week when we were talking about goals for, you know, this last stretch of the season and what we want to see accomplished? And one of the big things is, you know, settle on wingers from Malkin because you can't be experimenting in the playoffs. And now Malkin's, you know, four games that's, you know, they don't have that many games left. So, you know... We don't know what's going to happen. You know, Rick, Raquel Zucker seemed like they might be Malkin's wingers down the stretch, but now we were seeing Raquel with Crosby. You know, he might be the guy up there. Maybe Russ comes down, maybe swap both wingers. We don't know, but there's not a whole lot of time to figure that out. So Malkin, I mean, it's not like they're not in any danger of not clinching. It's not like he's going to hurt them that way. Like, they're still going to clinch a playoff spot, but, you know, there are things they need to work out before – um, the playoffs and ideally I'm all going to be around for that. Yeah. Depending too on what could happen. And maybe we can dive into that a little bit later, but just the fact that, you know, the Eastern conference right now, the Metro division and the Atlantic, both of these divisions are so, you know, back and forth jostling for positioning among all these teams that we've been kind of, you know, locked in on saying that this Penguins team probably is going to face the Rangers, but there's the potential that they might not. There's a lot, a lot of things, and we'll dive into those uh, as the postseason gets closer, no doubt. Uh, but something else that uh, the team probably doesn't want to be dealing with right now, it's so funny that we're referring to things now as non-COVID-related illnesses because it makes them sound so much better. Uh, this illness, though, I should say this presumed illness, this bug is that's going around the Penguins. I mean, my goodness, it is taking no prisoners. We saw... Sidney Crosby, John Marino, and Redeem Zahorna have to miss the Rangers game because of it. Then Brian Rust and Evan Rodriguez dealing with it. And again, we're, you know, we can't entirely speculate knowing it, but more likely than not, it's the same type of thing that's going around mm-hmm. because it's also going around the entire league right yeah. now, or a decent chunk of it too. But yeah, this is a this is a bit tough to deal with uh the uh, unknown of this illness. Yeah, and Sullivan did say uh, after Tuesday on Long Island that the guys that have missed time, those aren't the only ones that have been sick. They've had other guys over the past you know, couple weeks that have had this bug. I believe it's a stomach bug. Emily Kaplan called it a stomach bug from her conversation yeah. with Sullivan. Sullivan doesn't tell us that, those kind of specifics. He just called it a non-COVID illness, but... 
Sounds like it's a stomach bug. Um, but yes, yeah, Sullivan did say other guys have been dealing with this. And, you know, they just try to play through it. So it kind of puts things into perspective. Like if a guy is having a you know bad game, you know, maybe you're looking at it, maybe it looks like not the best game for him effort wise. You don't know what he's dealing with. So yeah. it's kind of hard to criticize players for, for different things because we don't know who's sick. And it's, I mean, apparently wiping guys out because, you know, they're missing um, missing games, missing time. But, uh, yeah, Rust, you know, he, he played two shifts against the Islanders. And I went back and I, I watched, you know, the video. He, he kind of looked slow, sluggish. And then uh, he just left. Rodriguez made it all the way to the second period. We thought he was hurt because he did go, like, kind of de- – he was – like hit and fell down and then he got up and he was kind of skating funny and then he went off and we're like, okay, groin, something like that. No, he's sick too. So he tried playing for it. Um, I don't know. It was, he did like a little twirl on his way down. Maybe that was too much for his stomach. That was the final straw. <laughs> and he had to go. And just, it's one of those things too. You want to look at it with some perspective because if this is taking Sidney Crosby out of the lineup, a guy who never wants to go out of the lineup. Like, I, I don't want to imagine. I, I don't want to imagine. And like, I don't know about you, but when I'm sick and I'm like dying, I don't want to get up off the couch and walk, let alone be like, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to try and play a professional hockey game. Yeah. And I mean, playing through it really is their, their only option at this point because you know when they act, they activated McGinn from long term IR he's back they have eleven thousand dollars in cap space that is not enough to recall anyone no nope. you know you can make emergency recalls emergency recalls you still have to fit them in under the cap the only way to bring someone up on an emergency recall and not have them count towards the cap is to use the emergency recall exemption and to get to that point you first have to play a game short a player um, unless the reason is due to COVID, which is why, you know, they're still specifying COVID versus non-COVID because there are different rules, but this is not a COVID thing. So, you know, if guys go down, they don't have the money to recall up a, you know, a replacement. So they would have to play a game short before they can use that, that free recall. But, uh, yeah, not, not great. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens if anyone else goes down because, yeah, it's, it seems like it's ripping its way through the locker room. Yeah. And this is one of those things too. You hope just kind of, you know, tears through, tears through quickly. Guys are okay. Guys kind of can move past this and they can kind of put this in the rear view mirror, but we just, we know how illnesses like this and, you know, even COVID can kind of go through a locker room so quickly just because of how close these guys are all to all are to each other, especially on, you know, a daily basis. Um, not even just in the locker rooms, but you know, on the rink and just pretty much they're around each other all the time. So let's, uh, let's just hope that this, uh, passes quickly and, uh, that we're not talking about this in the postseason. Why don't we take a quick break? Uh, and we will dive a little more into the games this week and, uh, look at some stuff, uh, coming down the road for the Penguins. Uh, stick with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to podcast on Fifth Ave. She is Taylor. I am Jenna. We are breaking down a little bit more of some of the more recent Penguins games because they finished March off on a high note. April has not been uh, not been the best of months up to this point. Um, we saw them, you know, the two games against the Avalanche, then getting shut out from the Rangers. Uh, then this past weekend, falling to the Caps by three. 
Um, but then coming away with a 3-2 overtime win against the Predators, something that they uh, definitely needed and definitely wanted to build on. Um, we can start, Taylor, with that game a little bit, um, just in terms of you know what you saw that you liked, because um, it seemed like their responsiveness was pretty solid in that game. Yeah, and I mean, we were just talking about it off air. They went 3-2 in overtime. All three of those goals are a result of Crosby and Raquel teaming up. Crosby scored two goals. Both, you know, Raquel had the primary assist on. Um, Then the other goal was Zucker from Crosby and Raquel. Uh, Nice to see Zucker get his first goal since coming back, his latest comeback. Um, But, but yeah, just the, the chemistry between Raquel and Crosby, I mean, you watch they they weren't on a line together. It was just kind of like overlapping from um, like line changes and regulation, and then you know they did just get caught out there in overtime together. But it's like Raquel just knows where he is on the ice. Uh, you know, Crosby comes off the bench, flying flies, and you don't see Raquel like looking around looking for him, but he can he just knows where he is on the ice, and they just showed great chemistry. And you know, I, I asked Sullivan about it uh, after that game. You know, like. I mean, they played two minutes together and combined for three goals. And it's like, could we see this as a real combination moving forward? And he said that it's something the coaching staff has discussed. And, you know, when they brought in Raquel, you know, the the thinking was Raquel would play with either Malkin or Crosby. It wasn't a given that he was, you know, Malkin's a winger. Yeah. But, uh, and Sullivan did say, you know, it helps that Russ can play with um, uh, Malkin too. So, you know, they could just swap those guys, but, uh, just really encouraging to see that really exciting, even though it was a short sample size in that game. Um, and of course we did see them together against the Islanders too, after Russ went down, but, uh, that, 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 that's what stood up most to me because we, you know, we're talking about Malkin age wingers. They need to figure out line combinations now before the playoffs and Raquel Crosby, it seemed like there's something pretty special there. So, uh, that's what I, that's what I thought. That's what stood out to me. Yeah, no. And that's, I think it's been noticeable a little bit too, you know, even since uh, you could see it in the Minnesota game when they combined for that goal too, just the way that they react off each other. And that is something Penguins fans can look forward to, especially to knowing that we don't know Brian Rust's future with this team. And there could be a chance that he's not here next year. So seeing them develop that chemistry is definitely a, really solid. Um, these last two games as well, you and I are talking before we started recording this, but Casey DeSmith has started and completed two games for the first time this season, which is something obviously very crucial uh, with the postseason being as close as it is. Yeah, this is the second time they, they turned to him two games in a row. The first one was uh, beginning of January. He had one start against, uh, this has been Jari, was not totally healthy. He had one start against the Sharks, there was something like 23 saves on 27 shots, like not the greatest performance from him. Mm-hmm. And then they did turn to him the next game um, against St. Louis, and he got yanked in the second period. That was, you know, beginning of January when Casey really was right at the end of, you know, the, his really kind of bad stretch before he turned things around. But uh, Casey, yeah, he did have, you know, two pretty good performances against the Predators and Islanders, which is good because – we uh, we've talked about this you know a lot on here back when he was in that really rough stretch it's it was like if you know something happens to Jari this is over like that's the season 
Elizabeth well, Smith really did just didn't have an item, but it seems like he's gotten whatever it is out of his, his system. He's he's gone through like three sets of pads. I don't know. Goalie goes through like this much equipment. Like he's like different colors, but then I, I don't know. I, I just saw like on the Penguins Instagram that like he had a new shipment come in, <laughs> like stuff to go with this white set. So I don't know. Um, maybe that has something to do with it, but. Yeah, that uh, good to see from him. Also, that Predators game, Mike Matheson getting in a fight. I know. Yeah, like because what it was Tanner Janot. He he lit up Latang, and then Matheson comes and drops the gloves. Janot leads the league in fights. Matheson is not a fighter. Like it's, I ask you, it seems like Matheson's just had more of an edge this season because even I mean that's. He hasn't gotten in any other fights, but it's a lot of, you know, between the whistles, you know, scrums, he's getting into stuff, I don't know, like shoving matches, you know, exchanging words, which is so weird to see because, like, Mike Matheson is the most mellow, polite guy on the team. You would not expect him to be getting into that. And I asked Sullivan, like, what do you think about him, you know, showing this kind of edge? And he said it just shows what... Uh, you know how great of a teammate he is because he doesn't have this in his nature to go out there and act like that. But you know he sees someone going after Latang and he steps in, drops the gloves right away. Uh, he wasn't on the better end of that fight, but yeah, they like they love seeing that from him. Was it the first game in the Abs series that they were going after Gensel and then he like pulled the guys back and then he got the penalty for it? Was that that game? He's he's gotten in a bunch of different stuff. I mean, what it was the Rangers when he was in. Like, but the game just before him and Goodrow were, yeah, uh, you know, going at each other during the game. It, it, he's he's just picking it up, and it's it, again, it's so weird to see from like Mike Matheson because he's so not that you know enforcers are normally like jerks off the ice or you know they're, but he's just like always very soft spoken, <laughs> mellow, and I don't know. And then he goes out here and he's <laughs> being a little enforcer, not really, but I don't know. I want to hear what his chirps are. <laughs> I, I would pay money for that. Yeah, I, I can't imagine he's like a good chirper. Um, I don't know. He's probably like, but I don't know when you know hits the tank. He's probably just like you can't do that. Like I don't. He's I can't imagine he's like actually insulting the guy being on the attack. He's probably I don't know. I again I would I would love to hear it too. But yeah, that just uh, I I don't know how much that we're gonna see of that moving forward. I mean, he's on the top pairing right now. You don't want him fighting or getting into those kind of. No. interference penalties roughing penalties stuff like that but uh, it's definitely interesting to see yeah no they definitely uh definitely don't need that but i think to coming away with points in these last two games is a crucial thing because nashville obviously a playoff team they're still you know they're fighting with dallas for that fourth spot um i think as of we're taping this right now nashville does sit in that fourth spot but I mean, for as bad as the Islanders started the season, they're one of the hottest teams in the league right now. They've been putting points up. And, you know, we we saw some unfortunate and frustrating turnovers from the Penguins that, you know, you looked at face value and said if they made a couple smarter decisions with the puck, who knows, they may have won that game. But to still come away with a point in that series or in that game, I think, you know, brings a lot coming back to home ice. And then also looking a little further ahead, knowing that they're going to face the Bruins in two games that are going to kind of be crucial to this whole uh, Eastern conference uh, playoff picture here. 
Yeah, and again, they, they would have liked to come out with a win, you know, on Long Island, but the way they were able to respond after a really rough first period was kind of yeah. the takeaway talking to guys in the locker room. You know, they weren't beaten down after that game. They were really happy with the way they came back because, you know, they come out of the first period, they're down 3-1. to one. Two of those goals came off of, of turnovers. One, the, the shorthanded goal by Parisi yeah. started from a Raquel turnover. The other... Uh, the third goal it was Josh Bailey, Teddy Bluger <laughs> taped a tape pass uh, to Josh Bailey wide open in front of the net. As, if you watch like the replay, as soon as like that, it, it's like a no look pass up the middle from Teddy Bluger. And as soon as it came off of his stick, you hear him say like "f." Like <laughs> uh, before it even got to Bailey, he knew what was coming. You know, it just seemed like every mistake they make immediately costly. Um, but you know they really did tighten things up in the in the second and third. They had to when they were down, um, you know, two fours. That's something Chad Ruidal said too. I said, you know, as a defenseman, when they're down two fours, you know, does that change anything for you? And he said, yeah, yeah, you know, when when you're missing the, you know that many guys, they do try to play like a tighter game, cleaner game, make sure you know the fours aren't hemmed in their own end for too long, wearing them out. So. Um, just the way they were able to respond and come back, they came back twice because. The, the goal in the third that put the Islanders up 4-3, that's just an unlucky bounce. Um, they dumped the puck in, and then Dumoulin went to get it. It took it looked like it took a weird bounce off the boards, or either Dumoulin stick it up, hopped right back out to, to Josh Bailey. That's not, I, I don't think you can fault Dumoulin on that. Just a fortunate bounce for the Islanders, and you know Bailey immediately capitalizes. But uh, Jeff Carter gets on the power play with Rodriguez and Rusk out and Malkin out. Uh, and gets that that redirect so uh, like two minutes after so just the way they were able to respond to those kind of unfortunate turnovers unfortunate bounds but it was encouraging and what they can't close out in the shootout and I the amount of people I saw outraged about that on like because they sent out you know Gensel, Grouse, Bielatang who haven't had great sh- shootout records in season Raquel's four for four in Anaheim this season. Would it have made more sense to send out Raquel? Sure. Is it the end of the world? No. Um, people are saying like, ask Mike Sullivan about like they're tweeting at me like, ask Mike Sullivan about why they're sending out Latang or when we're. It's like they might not have another shootout this season. No, they're, they're not going to have one in the playoffs. Like it's the least of my concerns right now if if they were practicing shoot like you know they practice shootouts a little bit in practice between drills they might have like three guys go yeah you know between if if they were doing anything more than that then i would be concerned because like why are you doing this now it's mid-april what's um, the point now but you're right you know it's it's been you get this it hasn't been a phenomenal record for this team with shootouts this season we know it was like a bigger issue earlier in the year with jari and then everything kind of you know he put everything behind him but like they're so arbitrary i I don't know to me it's like i mean there's a reason why they don't have them in the postseason (laughs) Yeah, and yeah, they are they're three and seven in shootouts. That's the fifth worst win percentage in the league in shootouts, and that seven shootout losses is the most for the Penguins in franchise history. But again, most of those were early in the season when it was like Jari specifically yeah. was struggling with you know making the save. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe it would have made sense to put in new guys in the shootout. Um, Maybe we would have seen Rust had he been healthy because Rust does have a you know a better record in shootouts this season. Again, it's not the end of the world. They're going to clinch anyway. Yeah, that one point isn't going to make or break anything. 
Um, They could have clinched with a regulation win over the Islanders on Long Island. They didn't, you know, get it. But getting that extra point, it cuts the magic number down from four to three, which means now you're listening to this on Thursday. Um, They host the Islanders. An overtime or regulation win will clinch. And even if they don't get that, like, they'd pretty much have to lose out and the Islanders would pretty much have to win out in order to, like, be overtaken by the Islanders. Like, they're going to clinch a playoff spot. The fact that Raquel didn't get a chance to go in the shootout is not, like, that big of a concern. No. No, it's not. And speaking of playoffs, we will talk about that a little bit more as well as uh our classic our favorite uh fun things that happened uh throughout the week uh so we will be right back but do not go anywhere Welcome back to Podcast on Fifth Ave, where before we started recording today, we go through and we're talking about, you know, what we're going to talk about on the podcast and big storylines we want to hit. And Taylor in our group chat sends the fact that she has a story that she needs to tell. And then in the break, when we finished recording the last segment and we're coming into this one, she goes, I can't believe I haven't told this story on the podcast before. So Taylor, I'm giving you the floor because I'm dying to know what is this story entails. And I think all of our listeners are as well. Yeah. I, I can't even remember. I, I, I forgot about this. I it just came up in conversation over the, over the weekend. Do you remember the app? Um, it was called quiz up. It was big maybe like seven, eight years ago, like 10 years ago. We're going like pretty far back. Um, I feel like yes. It was, it, it was one of those things where it was like, you know, the biggest thing. Everyone's playing it for months. It was, it, it's an app and it's like crowdsourced. There, so there's different quizzes. There's like a quiz on every, any, any topic you can think of, any TV show, movie, sport sports team like anything history related there is a quiz on it and you know people submit questions they're vetted so you know they're they're accurate and um you're matched with like random people around the world and there's rankings like the one i would play all the time is like hockey and i'm like number one um in hockey in the state of maryland so you're just playing with random people and you know sometimes and the way you know this app works you have to get them right, but then it's also time too. So if you know you're waiting like a second, you're losing points in um, in the game, and it's, so it's it, it's really high stakes, right? And you know sometimes you know you beat someone pretty bad. Maybe they send you like a rematch, and you you go back and forth, and you're playing these games. And um, so there was I, I I you know I get this. I'm I'm just playing random. I'm not challenging people. I get like a random you know guy. And I play him on the hockey quiz up and I beat him pretty bad. He sends me a challenge, like a rematch. And then I, I beat him again and then I beat him again. And then he messaged me like, good game. Um, he's like, oh, you like hockey? And I'm like, yeah. And um, he's like, oh yeah. He's like, I play hockey. He's like, I'm going to go um, top 10 in the NHL draft in two years. I'm like, what? Like, I, like, I think he's just lying to me or like, I or just like talk, like, how do you know? And like, I Google the guy's name and like nothing really Nothing really comes up. I mean, any, like, junior age hockey player, there's, like, stuff out there. But it's not like people are writing about, you know, this guy. And then no. I completely forgot. We play quiz up for, like, a little bit. I'm talking. I'm like, oh, like, well, maybe you'll get drafted by the Penguins. And he's like, I don't, I don't like the Penguins. And <laughs> he's like, I, I wouldn't sign with the Penguins. And he's like, I like the Caps. And 
so anyway, so I don't know. We play like games. The, the app didn't catch on very long. I don't think it was like a couple months. And but yeah, we would play each other in like the hockey quiz up. Completely forget about it. So then it's like two years later, um, and it's like you know World Junior time. And I and I, I'm watching like a game, and like I I hear his his name. Um, because he scored a lot of goals in the World Juniors, and it's freaking Patrick Laine. It's Patrick Laine. It's Patrick Laine. And then I'm like, that's the guy who told me he was going top 10 in the NHL draft in two years, and here he is lighting up the freaking World Juniors in his draft here, and then naturally he goes number two. I'm like, that. <laughs> it's freaking Patrick Laine. But yeah, um, Patrick Laine, yeah, two years before his draft year, I, I was like a, like a freshman in college. But yeah, we'd, we'd play the hockey quiz up, um, told me he wouldn't sign with the Penguins because he loved Ovechkin too much. But I don't know. Yeah, I beat him pretty bad in the hockey quiz. So um, I was going to say, hold on to that. The fact that uh, you dominated Patrick Line in quiz up. Like, that's one of those two truths and a lie you should absolutely say. And, like, people will be like, what is that? Be like, no, that's actually true. Yeah, it's it's so funny the the app doesn't even exist i tried pulling it up like you know looking for from the logs but the, the app like they they shut it down it's like not even a thing anymore about <laughs> the app store so like the logs aren't there but yeah it was, it was patrick when i completely forgot about it and until i'm watching like finland and the world juniors and uh i hear his name again i'm like that freaking so he was right like he told me top 10 i'm like okay yeah sure uh it's like every guy yeah. told me, like, I would have made, like, the uh, the MLB if I hadn't torn my ACL <laughs> in high school. It's like, okay, sure. But, no, that's what I thought that was. But then it was Patrick Lyon, and he got, he got trapped at number two. Um, Patrick oh so that's my God. story. I can't believe I, I, I never told that story on here. Especially because we were talking about, what, Patrick Lyon. We talk, we've talked about him a few times on the show. I know. He's made he his way on here. So it's only fitting, right? Yeah. Big fan of, of the Finns, but, Yeah. <laughs> Um, and one more fun thing because naturally we always end with some fun things i feel like we just have to talk about all of the events that led up or i guess at the end of the rangers game the end of the conclusion of the rangers game the brawl that just ensued everywhere you texted us immediately because when you look at the video all the way on the right side mark friedman is over, like, holding Chris Kreider down on the ice and army crawling him away from the pile. It's, I mean, you could watch that a million times and just see all the beautiful things. There's a video that went viral that it's like, uh, um, Shesterkin's like giving the sign of the cross, and then immediately it cuts to, uh, it cuts to the fight. It's just like the beautiful game. I'm like, this is incredible. This is the everything. Cinematography, the cinematography. He does the sign of the cross, and then it, first of all, poor Philip Hollander. That was his NHL debut. The Penguins get shut out. It ends with a big pile, and like Philip Hollander desperately trying to pull one of the Rangers off of Teddy Bluger. Philip Hollander deserves better. Um, no. Hopefully yes, he does. He gets, hopefully he gets another shot because I'd like <laughs> that didn't go great. Um, not not through any fault of his. That just wasn't a great game. But no. yeah, you know that's how the pile starts. And then yeah, you see <laughs> Freeman gets on top of Kreider and is like army crawling him out of the pile. And like there's like an official over you know like trying to break it up. But yeah, Friedman after he pulled him away from the pile, he is just laying on him. Um, yelling directly into Kreider's ear for like a while. And uh, that's another one of those moments where like I would pay any amount of money 
to know what Mark Friedman is saying to Chris Kreider right now. Like, what could he possibly be saying? I don't know. It was just hilarious. And then he gets up. I don't know if, like, he... Kreider got out of, out of that bloody, like, his mouth. Um, yeah. Then, you know, they're going at each other. Shesterkin, he was waving at somebody. I think it was Friedman, because Friedman was, you know, he kept running his mouth. Yeah. Malkin's, like, kind of drifting over the the center, center ice, like, towards the Rangers' end. The one of the funniest things is like Boyle. Boyle's like trying to corral the guys. Like just get him back to the locker room. He's the he's the dad. And he's the dad. We've seen moments like that before. Like earlier this season, what Friedman had a game against the Flyers, and it was you know during the stoppages, Friedman's going after guys, and you know because it's the Flyers. And Boyle, there was like one TV timeout where Boyle like grabs Friedman and just like escorts him back to the bench. <laughs> so I love seeing that from Boyle. But uh, yeah, what what a mess that game was. And then yes. earlier, um, we mentioned it, but like Matheson and Goodrow going at each other at the bench. It's like I don't think it was a, like a, it, was, it was just roughing. It wasn't a fight, but like <laughs> Goodrow has like Matheson's like you know jersey pulled over his head, and then it drifts over right in front of the Penguins bench, and Friedman and Kapanen on the other side of Goodrow are like leaning in like two inches from Goodrow's face, and he's like yelling in his face while he has like Matheson in like a headlock kind of, and that's um, another like it looked like Friedman was was gonna kiss him on the mouth, like he was that close to his face, and I'm like. I, that, again, I would love to know what he's saying to him in that yep. moment because I, I would love to know just what kind of like chirper he is, like w- what direction he's going with that. Um, always honestly, we need to find whoever at ESPN is the person in charge of editing the raw footage from the mic'd up segments and get them on our side to be like, all right, you're going to please just give us, I just want this. I won't put it anywhere. I just want to hear it for my own personal good. That's what, that's what we need. I mean, if they package that up and sell it, like it would, it would cover Mark Friedman's contract extension. It could like raise hockey related revenue up the, you know, the whole, the whole salary cap could go up. You know, this could, this could keep Brian Russ in Pittsburgh. <laughs> we could, Here's your solution, we could, everybody. Here it is. Monetize Mark Friedman being mic'd up. Hockey related revenue goes up. The whole salary cap goes up. They can keep Ryan Rust around. Just an, I'm, I'm an idea person. Gary Bettman. You're, you're, it's it's the sure, ripple effect. It's one sure, leads to the next. To the next. I'm sure Gary Bettman listens to this show. Just an idea for you, Gary. Mic up Mark Friedman. Sell it. Do like Gary what, they have like. ESPN Plus, you know, they have like what, like special broadcasts. I like the Star Cam for like what the Penguins and Capitals, where it's just ISO camming Sid and Ovi the entire game. Just do, you know, another special broadcast. It can be more money where you might go yeah. like Mark, Mark Friedman, maybe like another guy on the other team who likes running his mouth. But I don't know. Just great to see. I mean, you don't like seeing that against the Rangers. <laughs> you don't like seeing the game end that way. But that's one of those things where, like, the game's already so far gone that, yeah. I don't know, it's a little entertainment. Give I us a little entertainment. To, like, a, like a Wilkes-Barre Hershey game years ago where, you know, Wilkes-Barre lost pretty bad, but then after the game ends, like, Dominic Uare and on Wilkes-Barre fights, like, Steve Alexi on Hershey, and Dominic Uare, like, knocks, you know, he, he gets the better side of election and you walk out of there happy like you feel like okay like they won that game like they didn't win that game but <laughs> they, they they provided something at the end they gave that little jolt and they're like okay at least we did something positive here yeah so yeah that's that's what you love to see 
Oh, well, this is, we'll probably just wrap up at this point because uh, we've had a whole lot of fun talking about this and uh, there's a big week ahead. Um, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Party on Fifth Ave, podcast on Fifth Ave. I'm thinking of the song. What am I doing? This is, I just want to jam. That's really what it is. That's what it is. So podcast on Fifth Ave. Uh, you can Download, subscribe, tune in to us every week. Um, Thursdays are when we release this podcast. And we thank you so much for listening and for tuning in. Uh, We'll see you next week.